0: Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beat Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richmond. Let's listen.
1: Moshe's gamble. There's a classic debate about the order of the Torah with respect to the passages about the Mishkan and the golden calf at the end of the book of Shemot. In one view, it was written in order with God's intention for the Mishkan derailed by the people's sin, but ultimately restored as they achieve forgiveness. In the other view, the text is out of order, and the Mishkan came only in response to the people's sin. When we integrate the insights of both sides of this debate, we land on a third approach that emphasizes the power of taking initiative in relationships, even though we aren't certain what to expect. The chief representative for maintaining the text chronological order is Ramban, Nachmanides. He describes how Moshe received the instructions for the Mishkan before the golden calf and waited to tell the people until he was certain that God had forgiven them. He sees a complete reconciliation, noting the connection between God's initial statement, they shall make me a sanctuary so I will dwell in their midst, before the sin, to God's renewed covenant after the sin as Moshe begs, May God go among us." When Moshe gathers the people to build the Mishkan, he speaks with relief, heralding a return to the youthful love between God and the people before things went wrong. On the other side, a Midrashic tradition cuts up and reorders the biblical text, asserting that the instructions to build the Mishkan recorded in chapter 25 were actually only given after the people were forgiven for the golden calf, Rashi sides with this invasive reorganization, but doesn't explain why. Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi, in his commentary on Rashi, explains the narrative incoherence if the instructions for the Mishkan had been given before the sin. Quote, How would Moshe have known that the Holy Blessed One had been reconciled with Israel about the matter of the Mishkan to the point of instructing them about donating to the Mishkan? Perhaps God had only reconciled to the point of giving tablets to Israel, but to also make the Mishkan and dwell among them, which is an excessive expression of love? No. Kancha Ramban, a straightforward reading of the Torah according to Mizrachi, would not assume that God's forgiveness fully restored the relationship to the pre-sin state. If the instructions for the Mishkan were given before the sin, Moshe could not have been assured that God wanted to dwell with the people. The only way that Rashi can conceive of Moshe instructing the people to build the Mishkan is if God explicitly expressed this desire after the sin. When we take both of these readings seriously, we land on a third reading, less focused on the nature of divine forgiveness and more focused on human agency. We can follow the straightforward order of the text alongside the logic behind reorganization. After the extended process of asking God's forgiveness for the sin of the golden calf, Moshe is actually not sure whether God still wants the Mishkan. When we look carefully into the text of the Torah, we see that God never explicitly speaks of dwelling in the midst of the people throughout their negotiation. We also realize that God doesn't speak to Moshe in the entirety of Parshat Vayakel. God doesn't tell Moshe to build the Mishkan now. Moshe just jumps in and sets this massive project into gear. If we don't follow the path of reordering, we can now understand Parshat Vayakel in a totally new way. The word Vayakel and he gathered is Moshe taking a leap, deciding that the people will go ahead and build the Mishkan and see if God decides to dwell in it. He hopes this gathering will atone for their gathering upon Aharon to build the golden calf. Vayakel doesn't come from relief, as Ramban would have it but from uncertainty, even nervousness, alongside a steadfast insistence that this is the direction the relationship must go. Unlike the reordered version of Sefer Shemot, where building the Mishkan reflects strict obedience to God's immediate command, when we read the chapters in order, Bayakel represents Moshe's daring initiative. The antidote to the golden calf is not strict obedience to an explicit divine instruction. The gathering of Vayakel also requires intuition in the face of the unknown, but this time driven by Moshe's vision, rather than by Aaron being swept up in the crowd's chaos. Vayakel expresses human initiative, hopefulness, and a dose of chutzpah. Suddenly the refrain of the people building each part of the Mishkan, just as God commanded Moshe that we see throughout chapter 39, is more of twisting God's arm. Were an expression of desperate hope, rather than signifying blind obedience. Even though God hasn't explicitly commanded to build the Mishkan after the golden calf, they have decided to go ahead and build anyway. After all of the effort, amassing and building, Moshe finally hears affirmation and acceptance when God speaks to him in chapter 40, telling him to erect this Mishkan they have worked so hard to create. That verse seems redundant. Didn't we know that God wanted them to build the Mishkan? But becomes the much anticipated climax of a suspenseful drama in our reading. Their work was not in vain. Moshe's gamble paid off. God recognizes the people's desire and effort, and in response decides to dwell among them again. This reading of Parshat Vayakel is more like our own mode of existence. Aware of the ways we have failed and unsure of the prospects for repair. We don't live in Ramban's picture, where we have complete confidence of God's return without any residual effect from our failures. And we don't live in Rashi's picture, where God explicitly speaks up and tells us of a desire for excessive intimacy after we have messed up. Instead, we live out a vayakel that is about taking initiative to create a space where God might inhabit our lives and our world without any confidence, God will. The gathering that results in manifest blessing rather than destruction like the golden calf stems from vision and resolve, doing our best to interpret the residue of God's words and bringing together a community in its full array of people and skills to live out that vision. Maybe after investing so much effort, we too will merit divine blessing. Meanwhile, This parsha teaches us not to expect God's voice to emerge anytime soon and just get to work. We're going to close with a melody recently released on a new album by Joey Weisenberg from Hadar's Rising Song Institute.
0: (laughs) Sheep, they King By freaking, I freaking, Chavavas, da this episode of Tashma was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.